Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Hello, welcome back to the Soul Grit Podcast. This is Anne. And this is Jess. We're here today to kind of follow up from last week's episode where we talked about families that just are feeling so busy and the overscheduling that happens uh, just in our culture, our society today with the way that we're raising kids. And it's not even just us, us family kind of people raising kids that are in the middle grades, as we said last week, but it's anybody, if you're a 20 something, or even if you're a teenager and you are just having this packed schedule where there really is no downtime. And so uh, Jess is going to kind of lead us through some talking points on this, um, on busyness today. Today's really about what's the impact when we're too busy. So Jess, lead us. Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, so I thought the first thing that might be helpful is to define busyness. And I think the reason why this is important is because um, culturally, it has just become somewhat of the norm. And so families might not even realize like my the way that our life is currently structured would be considered busy. Mm-hmm. And it's an more of an overpacked schedule because I think like we talked about last week, it's actually becoming very, very common, both in the closer to the bigger cities as well as in the rural areas of America, because you and I both live in vastly different areas. <laughs> but yeah, we're seeing- I can speak to having lived in the Silicon Valley previously, I thought that was a really fast pace of life. And then we moved to this area, which is a little bit more suburban, family-oriented kind of area, and it doesn't feel better. And then I talked to you and you're, you're saying even in a farming community, it's not any better. No, it's not any better. Um, and I think I mentioned this last week. I had a friend say like, um, you know, in the summertime, things were just kind of go, go, go for them. And she just kept saying, I can't wait until school starts and things can slow down. <laughs> and then school started and now she's got three kids in sports and they're just one thing to the next. And I feel like even sometimes in my home, when we're not intentional about this, we can say, well, it, things, you know, in a few months will slow down things when baseball season's done, it'll slow down things when, um, you know, this section of church or whatever it is that we're doing, it'll slow down in a few months. And then we get a few months in and we find ourselves busy because we're not being intentional mm-hmm. with our schedules. And so in some ways, um, spoiler alert, this is an, a call to intentionality, right, with our schedules. Um, But anyway, I thought we could talk about just what is busyness. And so some ways we can think of this um, is that um, life is leading you rather than you're leading life. So really your schedule is dictating what you're doing instead of you making decisions around what um, is going to be in your schedule. So you're just kind of going with it, um, being kind of pushed around 
by your schedule would be one way to look at it. Another thing um, would be like the spinning plates metaphor. You feel like you have a bunch of plates that are spinning and trying to keep them all spinning and you can't keep them all going. One's falling down and then everything seems to crumble. Um, I see it a lot as like survival mode. So um, you're just kind of having to like go from one thing to the next to not really think about um, how that's impacting you. You're just kind of white knuckling your way through life. Um, and I've even heard it um, as schedule clutter. And I really like that one. I really like um, thinking of it as in the same way. Um, if you don't know me, I don't do well when my house is cluttered. I need things to be neat and organized. Um, and if things start getting cluttered, I start feeling overwhelmed, which is a common feeling, right? Like it it just bogs us down in the same way the clutter in our schedule when there's one thing to the next. So what this actually sounds like in practicality would be um, you wake up early in the morning, your feet hit the ground running, you're getting kids ready for school, you're getting ready for work, everybody's off to their things for that day. Kids get out of school at, I don't know, around here, three o'clock. At 3.20, they're having to start some type of a practice. From that practice, they're coming home. You're trying to fix dinner. They're trying to do homework. Then they're going to go to the next event right after that, right? The next thing that they're doing. And then you're going to come home and go to bed and rinse and repeat. repeat day after day. So that's really what busyness um, looks like. And so I think it can be helpful to just think of like, that's what it looks like, but what does it feel like? <laughs> like, how do I know I'm being busy based on how I feel? And common things you'll see is um, just exhaustion. Like, we're just feeling really tired all the time. We don't have a lot of energy. Um, a lot of times, I will hear this from clients when they say, I'm just really tired. And of course, they check in on their sleep first. Mm -hmm. The first thing you check in, oh, well, I'm getting eight to sometimes 10 hours of sleep and I'm still tired. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's a good sign that, that something could be amiss possibly in your schedule. Um, lots of tension or easily being easily angered, um, short tempers, just being kind of irritable, frustrated with each other, just even within yourself. So this is both like individually and in your family, if you're seeing these things, um, that also is like, can come out as a lack of joy or happiness or, um, even just like a lack of laughter in the family can be an indicator or sign that um, your schedule is too busy. Other things might even include um, feeling guilty when you do have downtime, feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm now sitting down, but I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like I need to be doing something. I'm like kind of anxious that that there's nothing to do, or I feel bad that I'm taking time away from the schedule to take care of myself or to connect with my family. That can be an indicator that something is amiss in the right. schedule. Yeah. I notice also with having young children that when they are over scheduled, they're busy and there's lots going on. There's a part of, of me as the adult that likes that because it just, we just, just go and it kind of avoids those downtimes. When we get to those downtimes, everybody falls apart. Like they yeah. uh, recently, a few, I guess it was a few months ago, we really needed to get to the beach and we hadn't been in a while and we just really wanted to go. The only time that we could go was a Sunday afternoon but our church doesn't get out till almost one o'clock because we go to a later service. Mm. And so we left right after church, we got down there and then we ate dinner out. We came back, it was already dark and 
my kids were a total wreck the next morning. And I thought, what's wrong with you people? Because we went to church. You should be joyful. <laughs> and then we, <laughs> we went to the beach. The beach is relaxing people. And yeah. then they were a wreck. And I, I noticed that they're not able to go, 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 and then snap right back into you. I got to wake up and go to school the next morning. And so we learned that if we want to actually have a beach day, which should be you know, a fun family relaxing thing. We have to do it on Saturday. We can't do it on Sunday because they need the rest time before entering the week. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's such a good point too, especially, and I know we, we mentioned this last week too, but those are all good relaxing things, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not even like busyness has to be this like, okay, so we're like working 16 hours a day and, you know, where the kids are doing school and then homework for six hours when they come home. It can be stuff like this. It can be what we would consider leisure activities that aren't actually downtime. And I think you make a good point too with the like, this can vary, from person to person, which makes it real complex when we're talking about families, yeah. because some people in a family dynamic, they really can do better and thrive easier with packed schedules. Whereas there's some, I'm one of those people that I need downtime. Mm -hmm. Like I need time where I don't feel like I have to rush to the next thing. And when I'm not having that, I really struggle. Um, and thankfully most of the people in in my home, we are farming community people. So we like slow paced living, but in some families, like you, you have to balance this. And so what I really love and what you're saying as a mom or as a parent is paying attention to what response your kids are having and adjusting to meet that can be really, really, really important. We'll talk about uh, here in just a minute, the impacts on kids, because yeah. this busyness really does have an impact, even if they aren't melting down on a Monday morning. Um, I know, you know, any, any therapist seeing kids, but even parents, if you pay attention, you will see the effects of the busyness that happens. Okay. Great. Well, let's talk about all the impacts. Such a, such a fun thing, but I think it's important to talk about the impacts because, um, there's a, maybe it's important to talk about why before we go there. And I don't have, I don't have notes on this, but it'll mm -hmm. be okay. We're going to just go there. Like why families are busy. And sometimes I think it can be from this place of like receiving the message that more is better. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, if I can just do more or even like putting our self-worth, our self-value in our productivity and productivity, not always being like, um, work related or monetary value, but like, I'm going to place my value and worth. Um, and maybe we wouldn't say this verbatim. I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with that. This might not be what you would say verbatim, but it might be the message that is in your heart, right? To say like, I, I feel like a good parent if my kid is the best on the baseball team. Mm -hmm. I feel like a good parent if I'm coaching every sport that they're involved in. I feel like a good parent if I'm helping them to be well-rounded. So then they're in all of these, every activity available, I'm going to plug them in because I want them to, to have access to those things, right? I want to make sure that they're doing that. I think sometimes too, the downtime can be scary. Mm -hmm. It can be scary, right? To like, be bored <laughs> right? mm -hmm. like, to just be bored and to 
maybe if you're used to being busy, you don't know what to do when things calm down. Like I said, one of the symptoms is if you have a day where there's nothing to do, your brain is already wired going, what am I missing? What am I not doing? And so that can sometimes be uncomfortable, which can be really surprising when we're talking about, hey, let's take a break. Let's rest. That's supposed to be relaxing. And that actually initially can be quite distressing for some families. And so I think that's important when we understand why. That's why we have to talk about the impacts because we're motivated to stay busy for some reason. So now I think we have to talk about how that can potentially harm a family. If you've listened to the Soul Grit podcast for even one episode, you know my guests and I believe that when we integrate the power of God with the wisdom of modern psychology, we get supercharged healing, change, and growth in counseling. As a Christian therapist, however, I realize that there are many practitioners out there who are personally Christians but don't know how to integrate their faith into their counseling practices. That's why I created the e-course, Faith Integration for Therapists. In this premium five-module course, therapists who love Jesus will learn everything from understanding their calling to marketing their practices to Christians to adapting evidence-based interventions to honor our faith. You can learn more about the online course at www.soulgritresources.com courses and send an email to info at soulgritresources.com to receive a discount code. Let's talk about it. Okay. I figure we'll talk first about just the individual impacts. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on that though, just because I think the series is focused more towards families and what's happening in family dynamics. Well, and also I think that most people already know what this feels like. So I think that if you just mention um, some of these impacts, people will be like, yep, I felt that. And, or they'll see that in somebody. (laughs) Yeah. Check. (laughs) So go ahead. Yeah, definitely check boxes. Um, I think we just looking at this, looking at both emotional um, and mental health, and I kind of combine those, mm-hmm. even though I know you and I both are pretty holistic in the belief that these all are interconnected, but emotional and mental health are like heavily intertwined with each other. Um, when we find ourselves in busy schedules and persistent busy seasons, but even in busy seasons that we know will come to an end, we might feel more anxious. We might find ourselves feeling overwhelmed. Um, and just, I, you know, I was, um, watching you, you're not going to judge me. So I don't even have to say, but I was watching a TikTok the other day (laughs) and, um, there's an influencer on there, a creator, her name is Elise Myers. And I just adore her. I think she's just really quirky and I fit her personality, but anyway, she was talking about dis- decision fatigue yeah. and how um, I think that that is another impact of like busyness and trying to, when you're feeling like I can't even decide what to make for dinner, <laughs> like I can't even like make a decision about anything that would be a symptom of that, right? The emotional and mental impact. Um Other things might be in the same way we've talked about just irritability, feeling more frustrated than normal, um, feeling lonely, which we're going to talk about that when we talk about the relational impacts of it, but just feeling like I 
don't feel connected with other people. And we were created to be relational beings. Mm -hmm. And so when we're go, 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 we're missing the connection that can result in loneliness. Um, Things like hopelessness and even depression can um, happen when we're just go, go, go. We're busy all the time. Even things like um, leisure activities, like going to the beach and filling the day full of things. And then you walk away and you're like, I should. And I, if you hang around me long enough, you know, I don't like the word should, Mm -hmm. but I should feel more joy. Why am I not? I should feel more relaxed. Why am I not? Um, whenever that is happening, that, that is a good indicator. Something's off. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, from a mental health perspective, just, we can see an increase in not just depression, but also anxiety disorders, um, generalized anxiety, things like that. And then it increases your risk for substance use disorders, which I think is really, really important. Moms, just even stay at home moms with a a rise in the use of like stimulants and methamphetamines, um, Mm -hmm. taking Adderall just to be able to get through the day, get more done, get your house cleaner, get your kids to more stuff and feel like you can accomplish it all. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Like, especially, I love that you bring that up because think about this. We think about a stay-at-home mom. Well, like, are they busy? Any stay-at-home mom is going to be like, excuse me, because I was a (laughs) stay-at-home mom. So I know how that feels. Like, you really do feel like you're going all the time, maybe not even outside of your home, but inside of your home, if there is some type of pressure to keep things in a certain way and have your kids be a certain way. Um, that is also busyness. So yeah, an increase in those things or an increase of drinking several glasses of wine before dinner or bef- before bed, right? Because once wind you've hyped up all day, then you have to have a way to wind down and you can't do it naturally. And then you use red wine. Yeah, you do. And, and doing that in excess over time creates the potentiality for addiction. So I think it's an important piece of the conversation um, here. Okay. Other things, physical health, this goes without saying, but I'm going to just list them and then you guys can do your little checkbox. Okay. So just checkbox if you're seeing these things happen, muscle tension. So um, this often can be like something that I notice is like, if I'm clenching my fist while I'm driving, Mm. This is a key sign for me or tension here, tension, headaches, um, you know, tummy aches, belly aches, all of that type of stuff would be physical impacts, um, increased fatigue, which we've talked about just feeling tired, even though you're getting sleep or even having sleep disturbances, like you just said, not being able to fall asleep when you're laying down to go to bed at night or waking often throughout the night would be examples of that. This also can lead to things like heart disease, which I think is really important. It's stress, right? That makes like sense to most people. Um, And then I think this one's really important because it can create a lack of um, a priority for taking care of your health. So that means you are not scheduling in or prioritizing any type of physical exercise, you're lessening the amount of time that you have to sleep, right? So you're only scheduling six hours of sleep instead of eight. Um, You're not drinking enough water. You're not planning your meals or you're not even fueling well, right? Like we're running to McDonald's to grab dinner instead of eating a well-balanced diet often. Um, Even things like not scheduling doctor's appointment, all of those things impact your physical health. We'll take our kids to all of their appointments, but we don't have time to take ourselves to an appointment. Yes, 
right? Like when's the last time I got an eye checkup? When's the last time I, (laughs) you know, did my just well check. So I think that that is um, something that can potentially have long-term impacts on our health. Mm -hmm. Um, And then individual, like, let's talk about individual relational stuff, just because it does impact your relational health, but we're going to talk more in depth about how this impacts the family system. Um, But relationally, like I said, busyness can create a sense of loneliness because Mm -hmm. it's creating um, a lack of time for in-depth connection with people that we care about. Um, And so when when we are really, really busy, even if we're around a lot of people, we're kind of rushing to the next thing and come on, let's, you know, got to get to the next thing. And so it can feel really isolating, um, you know, and that you're the, you know, you're the one doing all of this. And then um, it also can create problems in family relationships, which is what we're going to talk about next. Mm-hmm. Um, the basics of that though, is really, it comes down to connection, right? It's just a lack of ability or, um, the capacity to connect with your family. Um, the kind of the soil is just not there for it, Mm -hmm. um, because we're, we're moving and moving. And even if we're spending time together, it's not quality time together. Right. So, yeah. Great. Okay. So let's talk about family impacts. I'm going to break this down into a couple different, um, two different ways of looking at this. Um, we're going to talk about how it affects marriage. And then we're also going to talk about how it affects children and together it will, it'll all add up, (laughs) make sense (laughs) of how it affects the family. Um, But like I said, really busyness and a schedule, um, creates less opportunity for deep connection with each other. Um, And this does, it makes sense when you go back to the individual impacts. If I'm not really having brain space of my own, I'm definitely not having brain space to connect with you. That makes that very, very difficult. Um, And then just simply time. Like if there's just no time for it, the opportunity is less. Um, And so I think that we have to recognize that a family symptom of this is going to be frequent arguments or even maybe uh, this might sound weird, but a lack of arguments because you're not together, right? Like there's no discussion, there's no communication, right? Um, but when you are around each other, that you might be snippy, might find, you know, a little more attitude or a little more um, just tension with each other. So I think that that is a good way to kind of peg if that's happening in your family. But with couples, here's kind of what we see going on. Families are too busy. What we're finding is that there is a decrease in the ability for self-care, which I know that is an individual issue, but guess what? It impacts your relationships. Self-care is an important part of having a healthy relationship because it's hard to have a healthy relationship if you don't have a healthy you. And if you're not taking care of yourself, it's hard to be able to take care of other people well and to put time into and energy into your relationship. So then that also can lead to a decreased ability to think about like what your spouse would like or have an anniversary coming up. What gift would they want? What would we like to do? There's really no time or energy to think about those things or 
to do activities that um, are caring and loving for your partner. Um, and this can even lead to a lack of physical intimacy and sex life if you're exhausted at the end of the day, which is going to impact your overall marital health. And I think in this, it then the relationship can fall into more of a category of a have to instead of a get to. And mm-hmm. And you start penciling your relationship in, right? Like, and then the the relationship becomes a checkbox in your day too. Um, and that just decreases the quality of relationship and can also be a breeding ground for resentment mm-hmm. on both sides. And then, like we said, I've talked about connection. I feel like I've said that word a bunch of times because I want you guys to get it in your mm-hmm. heads that busyness decreases the deepened connections that are needed. And so I thought that it could be helpful. Um, And I know, you know, Gottman really well. And so we could talk about like just what Gottman says about connection and the importance of responding to bids for connection, right? If you're not familiar with that name, Gottman, um, Jess is referring to John Gottman and his wife, Julie, who did a lot of work up in, I think, University of Washington, um, where they studied thousands and thousands of couples and really they're the foremost researchers on couples and couples therapy. And so uh, the way that the way that it works is John is really the researcher and Julie is the therapist. And so John will uh, figure out all these things based on like scientific data and then Julie will put it into practice. And so they've developed a lot of really um, useful terms and strategies for helping um, couples to connect and to be successful long-term. So that's probably a a whole other episode or series of episodes. But. Yes. Well, and I, I will say this about something that I always talk to my couples about Gottman is um, because it is so heavily based in research. I really appreciate what they do because they can predict divorce with pretty decent accuracy based on their principles. So yes, we'll circle back to Gottman in more detail later. But one of those principles is the bids for connection. And what a bid is, so that sounds really weird, right? Like that's a weird way to put it. But basically a bid is just my attempt to get you to connect and communicate with me. Um, So it's just a a term to use for that. But it would be like me being like, hey, Anne, did you read that new book? Or did you see that new book? Or did you even get my my text? Say I send you a text and you don't respond. That is a missed bid for connection. Let's say you sit down on the couch and your partner is there on the couch also. And your partner stays connected to their phone instead of looking up and saying, Hey, what was, what's going on or how was your day or something like that? Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's important because um, this attempt for connection or bid for connection isn't always um, apparent, like overt. It's not, um, you know, something like me saying, Hey, and it really is just me seeing if, are you acknowledging me on an either conscious or subconscious yeah. level? And so what Gottman's research found in this was um, that there is a, you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong, but a five to one ratio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the bids of connection. And so for every five bids that are answered, I'm going to flip that. Yes, so for yes. every one, it's easier to explain it this way. For every one bid that is missed, mm-hmm. there needs to be five bids that are answered. Right. Um, for it to be healthy relationship. And and that's really quite staggering, right? When you think of it um, in that way. 
And so think about this from a busyness perspective, when I'm really, really busy and I'm, you know, going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, and my significant other, my partner, my spouse is trying to um, interact with me or connect with me, but my mind is over and the next thing we're trying to do, or it's thinking about all the things we have to do. And so I'm staring off into space over here. I'm not interacting with them. My bid ratio is now shifted Mm -hmm. into an unhealthy way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that 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 can be an important thing to understand that that harms the relationship in a pretty great way. It's Mm -hmm. sending the message that this is my have to rather than my get to. Okay. Another thing that is happening, like I said, we'll circle back to Gottman. That's a whole series and it's a whole series. We'll circle back. Yes, marriage stuff. Um, but I think in this, like just busyness can um as it increases that risk for breakdown of communication, decreases connection. Um, we're in seeing an increase of risk in terms of betrayals, and that includes affairs. Um, that includes I consider addiction to be a betrayal on the marriage, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, it it can lead to very serious. Yeah. Um, de- yeah, detrimental consequences for the relationship. It also can lead to divorce just as, as you become more and more disconnected, the tension builds, irritability rises. It's a recipe for disaster in that, in that direction. So anything you would add to that? I think you're covering it, that it's not just, are your kids busy? Or are you personally busy? It's, are you as a family system busy, because if you are, you're not paying attention to those intentional connections that you need to make. And so next week, we're going to be talking more about being an intentional family so that you can make those good choices. But before we get there, why don't you wrap us up by talking about some of these impacts on children? Yeah. So on kids, um, and this will be kids of all ages. And and you highlighted this really well when you talk about your kids melting down, right? Like that highlights just their emotional and mental impact for this. But a lot of what I am seeing, you know, as a clinician and just personally is there is a heavy pressure when schedules are this full and kids are, um, you know, involved in many, many, many things There's so much pressure for them both inside of school to perform and outside of school that they have zero time, ability, mental space even to decompress and to de-stress and even to learn how to do that. It's not there. Like they're literally just going from one thing to the next to the next. When they're not in a scheduled activity, they're on a screen and a screen takes uh, that kind of that role of figuring out what to do when you're bored and becoming creative and learning, like you said, how to decompress, like all of that is done for you on the screen. So you don't have to do it for yourself, which means you never learn the ability to do it. That's right. So now when you're waiting in the DMV line or you're waiting at the doctor's office or something, you have a feeling of stress and anxiety because you don't know how to do nothing without feeling like you're going to implode. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. And I mean, we won't get too nerdy, but just the impacts of even like dopamine and serotonin of all it, like it's, it's being produced for you basically mm-hmm. through that. And you're not having to find 
find out who you are, be alone with yourself for a while. See, see who you are. What do you like? You know? Um, And I think it does like one of the things that, um, that that does is it breaks down um, our ability as for children to um, grow emotionally and mentally. Mm. So it's not just in that, like, um, necessarily creativity, but it stunts the growth because they're not able to do um, the creative things, which is a part of the mental, emotional, and, um, you know, spiritual development. That's just part of who we are. Um, Another thing that I really wanted to highlight this with this is busyness in children can result in them feeling less connected with their parents, which is actually really, really vital Mm -hmm. to their development. That parent-child relationship is crucial um, for their development. And um, that doesn't- Teenagers, right? Exactly. I was going to say that doesn't stop when they become teenagers and try to like hold themselves away in their room. They still really need that parent-child relationship. And so the ways that that impacts that is when they feel less connected to their parents- it can keep them from feeling like they can be vulnerable with them. It can um, create a lack of like trust in their relationship. So then they're less, less willing or less likely to share um, their fears. They're less likely to share when things aren't going well. They're less likely to share when things are going well. Right. Um, They're less likely to confide in their parents when um, they're going through things or trying to make decisions in life. Um, they're also less likely to just share their thoughts and their experiences with their parents, which as a parent would make it really, really difficult. I'm a parenting an almost teenager now. And I know mm-hmm. you're like, same, right? And I, I'm like, that makes it really difficult then to guide them in their decision-making and to support them in the way that they need um, from someone whose brain is developed, Right. Um, That makes it really hard. If my kid isn't or feels like they can't talk to me, I don't know how to guide that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's really, really important point. Great. So for the sake of time here, we're going to wrap up today and we're kind of on this. Well, that's kind of a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to get to uh, some of the hope that we know that we have. We do have some tools that we want to give you and ways to kind of change the tide of what's happening in in your life or the life of your family. And so that's what these next few episodes are going to be about. We're going to talk about making good choices, having a set of values and um, just kind of standards that you live by as a family. And then what it means to actually take rest and to practice Sabbath and what our call as Christians who care about our mental health is for that. So we're going to go over all of that in the next few episodes. So I hope that you return to join us and that you engage with us on social media or through email and let us know how this um, little series is going for you. Thanks for being here. Yeah. And thanks Jess for sharing all of that with us. (laughs) Yeah. The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at Soulgrit Resources. You can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.